We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, Elmani. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, Elmani. In order to point people to Jesus Christ. A man by the name of Ignitus of Antioch once said, A tree is shown by its fruits, and in the same way those who profess to belong to Christ will be seen by what they do. For what is needed is not mere present professions, but perseverance to the end in the power of faith. I love that quote. Someone else said, Judge a tree from its fruit, not from its leaves. And I think, you know, as Christians, sometimes we concentrate on the leaf part too much. You know, we, 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 we say the right things. We hang out with the right people. We wear the right shirt. We have the right bumper sticker. We make sure that we pray a certain way for a certain amount of time. Uh, we, we read our Bible every day. We attend church, and all those things are vital for us. We need them. But I think the things that are important are going to be the fruit, the love that we display. That's what we're going to be judged on, guys. Our Lord, someone said, never condemned the fig tree because it brought forth so much fruit that some fell to the ground and spoiled. He only cursed it because it was barren. I believe that, that most of us here are believers. You're here on a Thursday, right? I don't think it was a potluck that brought you here, but maybe for some of you, yes, I had banana split last week. Let's go. I don't know. I doubt it, though. I think... For the most part, when you hear these things, we identify with them, right? We identify with, with, with the feeding you know, of those that are hungry. We identify with, with the clothing of those that are in need. We identify with housing those that don't have shelter. We identify with those things because we're Christians. I would venture to say that we all subscribe to these things. We would all check them off, right? If we thought those are things that are important, we would check them off. I know that this church, whenever there's a need, you guys always step up. I mean, there was an, an announcement, and we rarely do this because what, what our pastor wants is for the Lord to speak to you. But sometimes, from time to time, there's a need, right? And so last week, what did we arise? There was a young uh, man who passed away, a family who was distraught, a family who didn't have a penny to their name, and we announced it from the pulpit. And it was just amazing to see envelope after envelope after envelope of people saying, this is for Justin Romo. This is for the Garcia family. So as a church, man, you guys are a blessing. You guys step up big time, and and we want to just thank God for you. But like Pastor Manny said a couple weeks ago, you know, when we first started this series, the issue is that we forget, don't we? We we forget a lot of these things. We, We get so caught up, you know, in our own issues, We get so caught up in our own problems and before we know it, all we could see is ourselves sometimes. Gail Irwin, um, he's the uh, speaker for our men's conference. That's a shameless plug for you guys. He came out with this slogan called Others. Have you guys ever heard of that? He came out with this slogan called Others and what he did is he printed thousands of bumper stickers with just simply that name. There were white bumper stickers with big black font that said Others. Simple. Nothing profound, nothing eloquent, 
But it was something to be able to remind the Christian or to be able to remind the people that it's about others. It's about others. Jesus was about others, huh? That was, that was his ministry. That's what he came to show us. Now, sadly, if someone were to come up for a bumper sticker for me sometimes, instead of saying others, it would say self. And, and I know in a way that's kind of understandable, you know, because we're all self-centered by nature. We're all self-centered by nature, and we just have that in us. You know, even though we have this new nature as Christians, the old one is still there, huh? Creeping its ugly head. But as Christians, we're, we're called to what? We're called to crucify that flesh every single day. Every morning we wake up, we're to take a shotgun to that old man and just blow him away. Right, every single day because that old man is going to want to creep up every chance we get or he gets. You know, before we were Christians, we didn't stand a chance, huh? We didn't stand a chance in, in this fight. Um, but now that we're Christians, he, he, he allows us to contend with the old man, with the old woman. And not only that, he gives us the power through his Holy Spirit to hopefully one day overcome the old self. And that's what Paul was communicated to the Ephesian church in, in Ephesians 4. I'm just going to read it. He says in Ephesians 4:17, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind. You're a Christian now. You're not to walk like you used to walk before. You're not to think like you used to think, thought, you know, think before. If you jump down to verse 20, it says, But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you've heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. And then it says that you put off, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So basically what we see is that it's about taking off the old self and putting on Christ, right, every day. And it's something, at least for me, that's probably going to take a lifetime to do so. But i got to keep plugging away every single day. And so that's what this series is about. With that said, we're going to look at the fourth thing that Christians should do. It's found in verse 36, and I believe that we have it up there, and it, it was clothing the naked. In verse 36, Jesus says, I was naked, and you clothed me. So Jesus basically said, Sheep, I know that you're saved because when you saw me naked, you clothed me. I was thinking about when Adam and Eve sinned. Other than letting them live, right, which is God showing them grace, he also showed them grace by what? By clothing them. My brother and I were talking about the fact that that was the first sacrifice that he did for us, is that he killed an animal and we put on or Adam and Eve put on the animal skins. He was clothed them. He covered their shame. And it's interesting here that, that, that you notice that God is not going to ask us. He's not going to ask us, hey, let me know, tell me, convince me. He's already going to know, huh? He just, he's just going to do it because he knows our heart. He's the judge of our hearts. The word naked is an interesting word, guys. It's a, it's a word gunas in the Greek, and it's where we get the word gymnasium from. It means undress without clothing. It means the naked body. It means clad in undergarments only, the outer garments of our cloak being laid aside. It's of the soul 
whose garment is the body, so a, a soul that is stripped of the body. It means naked, it means open, it means lay bare, it means stripped away. I don't know if, if here Matthew um, means that, that when they clothed that individual, they were actually naked, or if it just means that they were ill-dressed. Whichever it is, only the Lord knows, right? All we know is that there was a need, and the sheep responded to that need. In Isaiah 57, 7 3, God says that the kind of worship and fasting that he's looking for is that you share your bread with the hungry, then you bring to your house the poor who are cast out, and that when you see the naked, that you cover him. And, and if you jump down to verse 8 after reading that, it says, Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. It's then. You know, a couple of weeks ago, there was a brother in the church um, on a Sunday who began talking to this man who had uh, come in. And this man had told him the story about him losing his son. Not losing him, dying, losing him, where they took him away from him. And so this man was down and out, and he said he wanted to go visit the, the, his son, but he was ashamed because of the way he looked. And as he was telling this brother about the way he looked, he pointed to his shoes and he says, look at my shoes. And yeah, he was right. The shoes were pretty holy. They were pretty messed up. Now, not to puff this brother up or anything, because I know that he gives, the, you know, he gives God all the glory. But what this brother did is exactly what we're talking about here. He took off his shoes and he gave them to him. <laughs> I saw him a couple minutes later during service walking with just socks on in church. And I told him, dude, I, I know Calvary Chapel started as a hippie movement, you know, but you're taking it to another level. I mean, what's going on? And that's when he told me, no, it was because there was a need. And I just felt the Lord tell me, give him, give him your shoes. He says, but there were brand new vans. I, when I heard that, I, I just thought, man, that's what, that's what we're talking about. That's what it's all about. Not that you should give your shoes to someone that walks up to you, but that you're ready. You know, have you ever heard that term? That brother will take his shirt off his back for you. That's, that's what, how we should, we should be, is ready to take our shirts, as long as you've got an undershirt on, okay? Shirts off your back to give to someone. Is, is ready to give your vans, your shoes to someone that might be in need because the Lord told you to do so. How many of us, if God put us in that position, would respond that way? Well, I got some old shoes at home, but I'm not about to give them my vans, right? The word clothing is an interesting word that Jesus mentions here when he says, you clothe me. I was naked and you clothed me. Because in the Greek, it's the word uh, peribalo. It means to throw around. Someone's cold and you put a blanket around them. It, it, it's, it actually means to invest, uh, it's talking about garments, it's talking about to clothe one, to put things on someone. It also means to surround something uh, with a bank, a palisade. And so, you know, what this brother did that day is he wrapped this man by giving him his shoes with the love of Christ. And that's what this, this passage is talking about when it says feed, visit, clothe, take in. It's wrapping whatever that 
thing that you're giving away, whatever act that you're doing with the love of Christ so that people would see Christ. He became a picture of Christ to this man who I'm sure had walked into this church looking the way he looked, thinking they're going to ask me to leave. He probably had been to countless churches where they had asked them to leave. Huh. And what did he get? He got someone to display the heart of Christ to him. That's what it's talking about. You know, you, some of you would say, well, yeah, I would do that, but, you know, I work hard for my, my, my things. Why doesn't he work? I think God would say, well, keep your stinky vans, Henry. We don't need them. Because God wants a cheerful giver, right? If we're looking for excuses, then, then might as well keep it. Don't, don't give it, because you're not going to get any credit for it. You know, it's interesting, guys, that we can know this by heart. We can know this. We can say it in our sleep. But just by knowing it doesn't make it so. We have to actually do it. We actually have to go out and do it. It's like the Nike slogan, right? Just do it. But Henry, I don't know anybody that, that's naked. And it's true. I was thinking, you know, we live in the United States of America, and we don't see people walking down the street naked too often, right? If we do, we call 911 because probably something's going on there. But again, I, w- I, I would ask you the question, are you looking? It has to be the Lord that shows you. I mean, we can't tell you what to do. We can't tell you where to go. We can't tell you it's right before your eyes. But I would ask you, are you looking? Because if we don't see these needs, we're not looking because they're right before our eyes. Did you know that there are schools in Los Angeles, Los Angeles, okay, where kids don't go to school because they don't have decent clothes to wear? They don't want to go to school because they're made fun of? You know, when, when the Lord uses us as Christians to clothe someone, he's doing so much more than just clothing them. What he's doing is he's building up their dignity, Right? I mean, if you see a homeless person and there's an outreach where there's a haircut, where there's a manicure, where there's a shower, where there's fresh clothes, that individual walks out of that place differently, don't they? It'll do wonders. You know, there's so many people that are stripped of their hope, they're stripped of their dignity, and by simply giving them a fresh pair of clothes, God is using us to build them up. Remember when Jesus was mocked by Herod? Remember, as, as, he's, as, he's, as he's going through that kangaroo trial, he's mocked by Herod. What does Herod do? He mocks him by arraying him with what? With a robe, huh? And so whether we like it or not, clothing carries a social stigmatism. Like Jesus was mocked, or like these kids that are made fun of because they don't have the cool clothes. But the same way that you can knock someone down with clothes, you can build them up. You can build up their dignity. I don't know if you guys were like me, but I remember when I was little and I'd get a new pair of tennis shoes. Man, I, I literally thought I could run faster. How many of you guys thought that? I'd go in the backyard, oh, run fast now, you know? And it's sad because some of these kids are never going to experience that. They'll never experience that because they'll never be able to have a new pair of shoes. I read about a kid in Peru who received a a brand new pair of shoes from a missionary and he didn't want to put them on. He didn't put them on for one week because he just marveled at how clean they looked. Eventually, thank God, he did put them on. 
I also read of a school here in Los Angeles, Los Angeles of all places, where teachers keep sweaters and sweatpants because they notice that during the winter, some kids don't wear warm clothes. And it's not because, like my kids, who forget their jackets, right, all the time. It's because they don't have a jacket. I read about some kids going to, 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 uh, to school in pajamas. Two brothers actually alternate days in class because they only have one pair of good pants to wear to school. Maybe the Lord will lead you to a family. Right now, the kids are getting ready to go back to school, huh? I would imagine, I would venture to say there's even maybe families in this church that are sweating in a little bit. That are thinking, you know what, I know I'm going to have to spend four or $500 on these four kids. And I just don't have it. But maybe the Lord has blessed you. And maybe he'll lead you to them. It has to be the Lord, though. There's also a number of Christian organizations, such as the Salvation Army. Mark mentioned the Fred Jordan missions. And others that, that all they need is someone to say, I'm here to help. I called the, the Fred Jordan mission and I asked them, you know, what, what are your needs you know, because we hear of like more and more homeless people. We hear that it's just not men. We think of homeless people as what? We think of them as men with a drinking problem, right? I mean, be honest. That's, that's what we think. A drinking problem, a drug problem. But what they told me at the missions is that you're seeing more and more families coming in. More single moms, more children coming in than ever. They have a back-to-school uh, giveaway that, that they hold in October Keep that in mind if you want to do something, okay? But they were telling me that they get 10 to 20 calls a day from families asking, when is this going to take place? What are you going to give? What can I qualify for? So people are in desperate mode out there. So if the Lord leads you, you can contact them and say, hey, what can I give? What can, what can I donate? Maybe the Lord will lead you to donate new clothing. You know, they told me they can use jackets, they could use sweats, they could use underwear, they could use socks, they could use the essentials. Those things that you and I take for granted, they can use those things because there's people in need. Maybe the Lord is leading you to be more hands-on. The lady on the phone told me that, that they can arrange for people from this church to go there, spend the night, and spend the whole day in training on how to reach these inner-city families. Wouldn't that be an adventure? Wouldn't that be a blessing for us? Wouldn't that be a way of actually taking this verse, taking this series, and actually going out and doing something? Maybe between you and some friends, you can put together a clothing drive. I believe that whatever it is, if we specifically ask the Lord, Lord, what can I do? He'll tell us. He'll tell you, this is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to give. I don't know if you know, but just down the street from us, there's a, a secret society that lives in the Azusa bike trail. You guys know about that? I mean, if you go in there, you'll see almost cities, man, of people living under the, the bridges. Families, children. Abel has gone down there and he's seen them. I wouldn't recommend the ladies to go, but hey, maybe some of you guys, man, to go down there. Take a brother with you, preferably buff. But just go down there and just say, hey, is there anything I can do? Is there any need? Do you want a fresh pair of clothing? I have a jacket for you. I got a pair of pants that's your size. I got a pair of shoes 
that I'm willing to give to you right now. Maybe it's sponsoring a child in, in a country like Cambodia. You know, I'm, it just has always stuck in my mind the day that we went to that village. You know, we went to that village, the poorest village, probably one of the poorest villages in the world, Praveng. And as we saw all these, all these children all laughing, all smiling, I mean, it just, the Lord put it on Pastor Manny's heart, you know, as he's seen them barefooted. We got to do something. Not only did the Lord provide, but he, he, he moves us to do things. He moved Pastor Manny to say, we got to do something. You know, for a couple hundred dollars, we were able to put sandals. The Lord was able to put sandals on a whole village. So whatever it is, guys, if you ask the Lord, he will give you those details. The Lord got the glory that day. You know, when we read this and it says the least of these, when you did it into the least of this, it tells us a lot because it's talking about those who can't pay us back, huh? It's talking about those that society looks down on, ignores. I was watching this experiment online from the New York Rescue Mission, um, and they were having this experience where they had um, family members dress up as homeless people and just lay on the, on the ground or sit on some stairs. And as their family members came by, they wanted to see if they would recognize them. And person after person, there was a man, a man that was married to his wife for over 30 years, and he walked right by his wife, he looked at her, and he kept walking. There was a sister who walked right by her sister. There was another brother who walked by his cousin. There, I mean, person after person, nobody stopped. And we have to be careful with that, huh? It's, you know, we, we, we live in this society of technology. We live on, in a society where we're on our phones all the time, where we sometimes don't even bother to look up. We don't bother to look at people's eyes anymore. And that's something that we have to be careful. James 2:14 through 17 says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you don't give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? This also by faith by itself, it does not. It says also if faith is by itself, it does not work. It's dead. We have to be looking, guys. We have to be ready. Perhaps perhaps the Lord's going to move you, you know, maybe you're not going to be able to serve in a homeless shelter. Maybe you won't be able to go to the uh, Fred Jordan mission. Maybe you can't give to the Salvation Army. Maybe you can't buy new clothes. But he can move you to maybe keep a fresh pair of clothes in your car in a bag, huh? That when you drive by and we see them all the time in corners and we see them all the time in different areas, we're able to say, here, this is from Jesus. God loves you. And he has something so much better for you. And he wanted me to give you this. We have to be prepared to do that. For some of us, and my wife is going to say that's you, Henry, it might mean not shopping at Marshall's or at Macy's that much. Huh? But instead going to the thrift store and buying our clothes there so that we have enough finances to be able to meet the needs of someone else who's in need. I was looking at some of the prices of clothes and I was astonished to find out that there are t-shirts that sell for $150. T-shirts. 
tennis shoes we know, right? Jordans, they go for over $300. And, and, and people buy them. I mean, that is close to borderline sin. The divine details are, are between you and the Lord. All I know is that we want to be on the right side. We want to be the side that hears, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of our Lord. That's the side that we want to be on. Huh? I want to close with just, just one thought. All these things that we're saying depend on the motive. Uh, notice that the sheep here didn't serve because they thought they were going to get rewarded. It doesn't say that, but I don't think that they served because they thought they were going to get a reward. I think that they served because of what Christ had done for them. I think that they served because the joy that they had to serve the Lord, because of the honor and privilege that they had to represent Jesus Christ. Can you imagine their amazement when they went before Jesus and he said, you know, remember that man? Remember that man that you gave a cup of water? Remember that family that you took in your house for the night because it was raining and they didn't have anywhere to go? Remember those, those families that you reached out to with your income tax money and you clothed them? That was me. I mean, that's a reward within itself, huh? To think that, that when we do it to the least of this, we're doing it into our Lord and Savior. He gets all the glory, guys. When he moves in us and we're obedient, he gets all the glory. But if we don't and we're disobedient, guess who, guess who gets the blame? We do. And I was thinking, we could either approach the Lord with our dirty rags, because that's what our works are called, right? Dirty rags to God. Expecting recognition. And, and it won't come, right? For Jesus says, you have no reward from the Father. You have no reward because you did it so people can see. You did it expecting something. You did it because you thought that person can later on do you a favor. You got the applause there on earth. You got paid already. Or, or we can humbly approach him wearing the, the fresh turban and the clean clothes of righteousness like it says in Zechariah. It just all depends on the motive, guys. It all depends on our heart. If we do things because Christ lives in us, he gets the glory. If we do things because we want to be noticed or we want to be paid back, then, then there's our reward. But the one thing that is not going to ex be ex accepted by Christ is the fact that we tell him we didn't know, that we didn't see. For the scripture says in Proverbs 24, 12, if you say, surely we didn't know this, and it's talking about sharing the Lord with people. It's, it's talking about keeping them from going to hell. But the same thing applies here because God weighs our hearts. It says, surely we didn't know this. And then it says, does he who weigh the hearts consider it? He who keeps your soul, does he not know it? And will he not render to each man according to his deeds? There is no excuse in the world that God is going to accept. Because he's shown us, especially after going through this series, right? And none of us have the excuse no more. You know, I was talking to Pastor Manny. He's probably going to get mad for me telling me, but he's like, I feel guilty when I buy a shirt sometimes, you know? And I'm like, I don't. But then I was thinking, man, you should. You should. You should feel guilty because there's so many people out there that, that are hurting. 
and, and it's an opportunity to be able to share the love of Christ with them. Manny said something last week that has really, really resonated with me um, ever since he said it. He says, it's important that we look at people like Jesus would, but it's even more important that we look at people as if they were Jesus themselves. I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine one day as the sheep being before God and God says, hey, that one act that you did, I was right there. You did it to me. That, that would be amazing. And that's what this series is all about. Yes, we should know the theology, and I think by the time we're done with it, six weeks, we're going to know it, right? We're going to know eschatology. We're going to know what this whole millennial kingdom is and all that things that we should know that are important, but one of the things that we should know is the middle part, is this part here where Jesus says, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. And sadly, the other part, when you didn't do it, that was me who needed it. And so, let's pray for the divine details. Let's ask God, what do you want me to do, God? You know, you put it on our pastor's heart to teach this series, to bring up this series. What are we going to do? How are we going to respond? I think God wants to do awesome things through all of us. And we all know that it's better to give, huh, than to receive. And doesn't it feel so good when you give? And so let's pray. Let's ask God, Lord, give us those divine details. I see it. I get it. I want to make an impact. I want to reach people for you. It's not about a, a social gospel. It's not. We are always going to emphasize the fact that we need a Savior. We are always going to emphasize that the only one that can make a difference in the life of a person is the risen Christ. But it's through those acts of kindness, those acts of charity, that sometimes that door will be open in order to be able to share the love of God with people. That you can display by your acts, Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you again. We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel El Monte at air code 626-454-3414. Remember that Jesus loves you.